Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and create a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your free copy of my book, The Water Walker, check out juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland. And today, I am so excited to introduce my guest, Miss Sandra Hasley. Sandra is a Jesus-loving, Canadian-born, American mother of four amazing children who works full-time as a business strategist, high-performance coach. She's an international best-selling author and a keynote speaker. Sandra is passionate about guiding fearless and high-five women who are ready for breakthroughs into a simpler, more joyful, and wealthier next level of living. She is the owner of Sandra Hasley & Company and founding partner of Generation Impact Consulting, LLC. She's worked with thousands of women from all across the world. She teaches them how to build and scale their businesses using proven strategies, tactics, and powerful mindsets while working less and having way more fun. Sandra has been hired as a corporate consultant for multi-million dollar businesses for program development, speaking, and workshop creation. And above all that, she's an amazing human and my friend. Oh, Sandra, we are so excited to have you here today. So here's the thing, guys. I was very intentional about having Sandra be my very first interview on the Next Level Faith podcast. And here's the reason why. Sandra is such a powerful cultivator of community and she is just this storehouse of light and joy and love and empowerment and I don't know about y'all but 2020 it was heavy right like we had our things the world shut down but there was also these like beautiful moments of 2020 I felt like there was a lot of growth there was kind of this forced time out that made everybody kind of reevaluate and and give and gave people the opportunity to really lean into who God has been calling them to be. There was no more excuses of like, okay, well, this is kind of my pattern. This is my routine. This is what I've been sucked into. There was this break free moment of like, okay, Lord, like, all right, you've been calling me to this. This is my time to lean in. And 2021 has been like this aftershock. I feel like the heaviness in 2021 is so so intense and it's so extreme and um i am just so grateful for my relationship with sandra and i first got to know her back in 2020 and i know that with my audience that all of you are like i need some sandra in my life so i'm bringing her to you because you deserve some sandra too so i'm going to share welcome sandra i love that, i love that you're talking about the aftershock and that you named it that because it couldn't be more True. I did a post recently about how 2020 was like a breeze compared to 2021. What? I thought we were through the worst of it. No, like they were just getting started. This year is a, oh, <laughs> it's a deep breath. Was. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. <laughs> but I love how you have, you just continue to rise. And that's why I love being in your space is because you not only continue to rise, is that you bring others with you. You are, you are this 
lighthouse. You just pull people in, you let people know that it's safe, that it's okay to get out there and explore, you know, who God has created them to be. Sandra has um, a new book out called The Power Method, which just, if you're a woman and you can read, and even if you can't, because she has Audible. <laughs> I'll, be do, I'll be doing an audio book, yep, next week. <laughs> you, you need this book in your life. Um, it's so powerful. And I love how you, you speak through story. And um, I've seen you on stage and you're just such powerful. So talk a little bit about um, how you first leaned into that strength that you have of using your story to, to influence others. Well, so... Um... First of all, thank you. Thank you for that. It was um, it, like even, you know, I mean, you were, you were around for for the release of the power method and, um, and I was just really hoping I wasn't wasting anybody's time. And then, so the fact that it was even helpful for people was like just a huge win. Um, but the, the storytelling side, it's like, I, uh, I grew up in a family that was very, very, um, into uh, movies, comedy, uh, and repeating storylines and, and telling, you know, lyrics of songs. And so that, like, that was very relatable to everybody that I kind of grew up talking to. And um, so you'd reference movies and clips and songs and music to, to make people understand or to reference who you're talking about, or that guy looks like so-and-so from the other story. For the way. So right. the story is always like, people understand it's like a community thing. You know, the, the campfire stories is, you know, centuries of years old, like thousands of years old, because there's something that brings people together in a story. And, um, and if we're not sharing our stories, then it's really difficult to imagine that other people might be going through something similar. And there's, there's so many cool elements of everyday life that can be pulled with parable, analogy, metaphor. And, and when you can do that, you can help people maybe just look at something like two degrees differently. And that two degrees might be the thing that shines light on something that they never thought they needed, but oh my gosh, what is that? Let me look at that. So the story piece has been, I guess, the, the side of, of teaching, of communicating that, that like opens things up for other people to let them hear it. Right. So I think that's been, yeah. that's been why that's been more powerful for me recently because I'm doing what I'm doing now. It's so good. It's so true. And I mean, it, it goes all the way back to how Jesus spoke. I mean, he spoke in parables mm -hmm. and the reason he spoke in parables was to make sure that if you weren't genuinely listening, you didn't get it. You missed the mm -hmm. point. And mm -hmm. there's so much noise out there. And I think speaking in stories, speaking in relatable terms, but you're not wasting people's time for those who are genuinely listening. And it's just, it's so powerful. Um, I love how you say there is so much power found in the unflattering parts of our story when we use those stories to encourage others. Talk a little bit about that. Mm. So get the, unflattering with us. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get in there. So <laughs> you know, you and I have shared some um, like harsh realities in our lives together privately about, you know, the, the things that we hide are things that we are ashamed of, or we will, we fear judgment on, even if they're not shame filled, we assume that other people will attach shame to it if they, if they don't have the same perspective you do. So the, the natural inclination is to hide it, to cover it up, um, to act as if everything's normal and to not disturb things because maybe things are already hard enough. And you can't imagine exposing yourself to another element that might, uh, you know, damage you or hurt you or, or allow someone else to hurt you. Um, when in fact, the vulnerability piece 
the, the dichotomies are hard, right? Like Jesus talks about that all the time too. Like these, these opposites, these, these opposing forces, they're always there together. So where there is good, there is bad. There's always that balance that's existing with the evil and good in nature. And so when we talk about like, this is so vulnerable for me, what is that? Two Corinthians 12, nine, uh, I'm made perfect in your weakness. Right. Mm. And so when you are vulnerable, this was so hard for me to get. And I feel like I only got it a couple of years ago. The, and it, and, and then Brene Brown started talking about it, making it kind of famous, the strength and vulnerability. Right, right. And when you are, and she does it so well. So like, that would be a place to go to deeply understand this, but, um, but having, having the, you have to have strength in order to expose your vulnerabilities. You have to be strong enough to face the judgment that might come. You have to be strong enough to hear yourself say something ugly out loud about yourself. And when you can, and nobody kills you for it, and you don't kill yourself (laughs) for it, you realize like, oh, okay. And then, so it wasn't that bad. And then what happens, the more powerful element of like, oh, no, nothing really bad happened. The more powerful element is that people break through to you. They open up to you. They have their own breakthroughs for themselves. You hear about that later because you said what you said. I didn't know anyone was going through it, or I didn't know that people would understand, or wow, you're strong. Your strength showed me that I could da, 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 da. So the, so the exposing of like, we are, we're so afraid to expose these harsh realities, these unflattering things about ourselves. And when you can, and when you can actually admit that not, not only did something bad happen to you, but that you were the cause of it, like you made a bad choice, you made a bad decision, then you are like, you don't have to say anything. Everybody in the room, no matter how big that room is, if it's the internet's room where everybody's watching, if you say, I did this thing, it wasn't good. I feel horrible about it, but it happened. And I, you know, I'm not going to try and run from it, but you own it. You've just taken the ability away for anybody else to use anything against you for that. And you've also allowed people to come at you with swords and you're saying, it's okay, I'm willing to take it because right. I did this thing. You are, you are giving yourself your own punishment by allowing the judgment and whatever to come in. And who, who is strong enough to do something like that? Like picture the man on the cross that's strong enough right. to take the arrow. You know what I mean? Like to take all of the, like everything, mm-hmm. the heaviness, the, all the sin for ages and ages. Like it's not, I'm not saying like, you're Jesus, if you do this, I'm saying that that is the example that we use, oh, the vulnerability. I'm willing to kill i'm willing to kill myself i'm willing to die for this and and you're saying i'm willing to die in the integrity of this piece like this is something i did but it doesn't make me that it doesn't make me that's not all of who i am but i'm willing to say that because that's true um however here's how i've used it right like here's what i've done because of it there's all again with the dichotomy there's always good with the bad so there will be something if you choose to look there will be something powerful that comes out of it the bad the ugly the dark um if you're choosing to look at it and if you are allowing yourself to tell a story through it like here's the ugly that happened of course i'm not proud of it but i am willing to share in the hope that it will save you from something like it or in the hope that you will gain strength from this information from this story or that you can see yourself in it or that maybe you'll love me as a a person that is willing to be honest enough to have real conversations and maybe we can get down on that level you know so for, for for every reason it's powerful and it's good. And the transparency allows us to be real with each other, which allows right. deeper, richer conversations, experiences, and God to come through. It's so true. It's so true. And y'all, we, um, 
a thing, another thing I love about Sandra is that she is so honest and she's just, she's right out there and she, she tells it how it is and she speaks truth and she backs it up. And um, everything that she's saying is hundred percent true. The first time that we met, we had started developing our relationship online um, and it was deep and it was rich and it was authentic and it was multifaceted. And, and we realized like, oh, we have a weird same sense of humor and oh, you know, I, okay. For example, her dad was a farrier, right? That's how you say it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's kind of story about that. So when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, Sandra. Because when I first started dating Matt, I met a member of his family who was telling me what he did for a living. And he said, I shoe horses. And in my head, I'm imagining this man like up on his horse, shoeing horses, like shoe horses, go, <laughs> shoe, shoe. <laughs> so... Because that's how they say it. They, they don't call. They, they don't say I'm a farrier because nobody knows what that means. They say I shoe horses. I put shoes. So, <laughs> but he left out the part where he says I put shoes on horses. He just said I, I shoe horses. <laughs> like what? So, what was I supposed to think? Right. Hello. That just made sense in my head. Anyway, <laughs> but um, and then when we finally met in person, it it was so real, you know. And it's so often we think that what the relationships that we're forming online are not true. We think, oh, well, this person, I'm just a means of, to an end with this person. This isn't real. We're just in the same mastermind together or community together or Facebook group together. Do they even really care about me? Well, y'all, I want to tell you that we went to dinner with a group of friends and Sandra and I prayed together out loud in a bathroom, in a public mm. bathroom. Like mm. if that's not willing to be vulnerable with one another, I mean, come on, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I, again, I wanted Sandra to be the one on here to introduce you all to her as a representation of, of a real relationship that can be formed online because there is so much isolation happening. Mm -hmm. And although it might not be as physically isolating as it was in 2020, people are spiritually, emotionally, mentally, they're isolating themselves because there is that sense of like, nobody really cares. It's all about this. There's so much divisiveness out there that when you can find safe places and safe relationships, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And um, it, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. So talk a little bit about, I, I love in scripture talking about when you read in, in scripture and it's talking about a bad, a bad time, right? 2021, we're just going to pretend. <laughs> talking about 2021 and all the horrible things that are happening and then there's a phrase and it says but god and and then everything turns around and i want to know sandra from you what is one of your most memorable but god moments oh i mean there 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 are a lot i uh i think that or like the, the thing that comes to mind the most because of the season that I was in when it, it was college time, it was uh, junior year in college, but that was the year that my parents divorced. My house burned down when I was in it with five of the roommates. My brother was in jail for a, a short week, you know, but big mistake. My sister shortly after was in a, um, had a missing persons report out on her. And, um, and I, uh, I was taking 21 credit hours of finance. I was playing division one softball. I had um, an 
undiagnosed illness that was taking me out and I was, you know, overweight, very overweight, despite the fact that I was a, like an, an athlete, like a serious athlete and everything was falling apart. And it wasn't a time in my life where I was considering like ending things or anything, but I just remember things being like so hopeless. And this person who like, I had the reputation of like, she's always out and she's always hanging out with everybody. She's getting her stuff done. She's a great like scholar athlete, but she's out partying with everybody, but she doesn't even drink. How does she do that? Like joy, just like, you know, like, right. cause I don't want my you friends are, to die. You are a storehouse of joy. <laughs> well, like <laughs> I'm just, I find uh, people make me happy. I like to be around them. And, um, and like, well, I'm an introvert, so I like to be around specific people, but like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but like that was, that piece was gone for a while and it felt super, I felt like I didn't know myself and it felt uh, like I was living in a stranger's skin and um, I didn't know like what it, this is the first time that I felt like, oh, I didn't know what it was like for other people to not feel like I do all the time. This is what they feel like. This hurts a lot. This, everything hurts. And, um, and this was the same time in college that like, I, you know, we say like, I, I was seeking God like my whole life in little ways. I didn't know. It's like, he was seeking you. He was like dragging you along. Like, by yeah, your totally, like yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, <come on>. so, <laughs> let's go. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a Catholic, but I was going to these Catholic universities. That's where I got accepted to play ball and all that. So this, this St. Bonaventure university is the school that I went to and I loved everything about it so much, especially the culture of people, um, and the community. And they had this Franciscan retreat on the mountain, about 30 minutes away from the school. They owned property. They had, um, this beautiful chapel with an, an, a window face. The whole face was a window looking out into this hill, which is like full of beautiful colors in the fall and everything. And this Franciscan friar, his name was Father Dan. He, um, he was Jesus walking, man. Like this guy was so much joy, love, forgiveness, grace, lack of judgment, just looked at you and just saw your whole soul. And his, like, he'd sit and he'd listen and you'd cry and he'd sit there and he'd, you'd see his pain on his face and like a tear would drop while he listened quietly. And just, I felt so loved by God through him yeah. that that was at the same time that this is all happening. And so when I was like in that season, so when I was going through these things, he was the only person I thought I might be able to talk to because who in the world knows what it's like to have all those things going on at once. Well, he doesn't even, but at least I know he knows God. And if right. anything can be a channel for something that feels like joy again, he's the only one I know. And there's no judgment there. So I'm going. And he was the one that on the side of the chapel, there was a hand, hand sketched or hand chiseled um, sign that said, be still and know that I am God. And the meditation in that chapel was saying the phrase, be still and know that I am God, be still and know that I am, be still and know be still be. And like, you would do that over the course of like five or 10 minutes or whatever. And he was the one that that was the first piece of scripture that I felt like I understood at that moment. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that anchored me into the faith that took me into like, oh, now I have a relationship with Jesus. Like, who is this guy? So it right. became from a theory and an understanding that he might've been a real person, maybe historically to like, oh, he's alive. He's well, he's my homeboy. Like, don't touch him. Like, don't. Yeah. So he's my, he's my go-to. And that was the time in my life where it was like, this is all happening. Yeah. But God, yeah. Like, but God. God. And so I, I, I ended, I ended up seeing all the good through that, like all, all of the good, like every single situation 
birthed goodness out of those really dark times and health understanding the fact that like the people in my I was not a drinker so the people in my house that got out I woke them up I helped them get out like if I you know what I mean like that's the win this old house burning down isn't the win or isn't like this destructive story it's the win of the humans escaping it and then and then oh by the way the only thing that the firefighters took out of the house was a huge four by six mantle, cheap dollar store picture of Jesus that we had on the mantle. <laughs> My friend bought it as a joke because it was spray painted gold on the frame, like it was cheap plastic. But that was the thing standing on the porch, on the wraparound porch of this old Victorian home that burned down. That was the one thing standing on the porch when everything else was in ashes. Mm, it will always be the one thing standing. Okay, that's just how he works. <laughs> I just, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So good. It's so, I got all the Holy Spirit goosebumps. Mm, I know. So true. And I love that, um, that be still verse. And uh, in the Hebrew text, it means let go, mm-hmm. let go and know that I am God. And I didn't get that for the longest time. Like it was two years ago that I finally understood that God did the research on it. And um, it, it's so powerful because for the mm-hmm. longest time, I was like, be still, okay, don't move. Don't take any action. (laughs) God will fix it all. Everything's going to be fine. He'll just orchestrate it all for my good. Cause he says he's working all things together for your good, but princess, no faith is action. Faith requires action. Yes. Yes. And it's our shield that we're holding every single day. It -hmm. is our shield of faith. That's what extinguishes the arrows from the enemy. It doesn't say, hold up your shield of faith and no arrows will be fired against you. It's hold up your shield of faith and that's what will extinguish the arrows. And I just, I, I love that. I love, I love how beautiful and alive God's word is. I love how it hits you different in different yeah. seasons of your life, oh, yeah. you know? Um, but in listening to that story and just imagining that, that mountain hill and um, I, I so see the likeness between what I have watched, what I have personally witnessed you do with mm. other women in a community is what Father Dan has done for you. And it is beautiful and it's empowering, but this is why, this is why relationships are so important. So often we, we pray in our despair and in our sorrow and in our heaviness, you know, God, get me out, get me out, get me out. And he sends a person. And we're, if we're not paying attention to it, we can miss it. And so I just, I'm grateful that you have been in my life and for the life of many women that I've been in. It's just really powerful. Oof, you just uh, opened up my heart and let it bleed out a little bit. Oh God. Um, <laughs> let it bleed. I, made it bleed. I, just, I, um, I, I feel this, like, that's why, you know, you having this, you having this podcast, you speaking life into other women, you surrounding yourself intentionally with women who do the same. I know you're very intentional about the women that are allowed in your space. And, um, and I told you before, you know, you, your, your words are life-giving your ability to, um, to allow people to feel through, through your prayer is something that very few people have a gift to do. And, um, and yes, we, we were, praying in a public bathroom where people were, is a high-end restaurant. People were exiting and entering, did not stop. stop. I don't even know how long it went on. It wasn't, it wasn't quiet. wasn't quiet. We were peeing. 
We were open. They could definitely. We were solid. <laughs> they could. Door was opening. People yep. are sitting right there, still praying. And so, but it's like you know, you have that anointing of over of prayer over people, and like you're sitting there, and you don't feel uncomfortable as the recipient of that prayer because you know how powerful it is, and it doesn't matter. It's almost like you know, when when women are together in a way that they're allowing each other to be vulnerable. They're allowing to share each other's stories. They're allowing to let God be in the conversation about it and talk about like, you know, where Jesus fits in here and what that looks like for our lives and, and where is our vocation pointing us and all of that. And you allow that to happen. Could you, could you imagine stopping a prayer like that because you felt a little insecure or uncomfortable about what people might think? The, the, the immediate reaction is to feel uncomfortable but the, the overwhelming reaction is Jesus is here. What am I going to do? Like roll my eyes right. at him? Are you kidding no, you don't me? Say no to like, Jesus what kind of, oh my, we don't say no to Jesus. So like, no. so the, the, you, you allow the experience to happen and it changes you. Like that day that you did that for me was a, a moment that I needed it so badly. And, um, and it, it, it was like a healing. It was like a salve for the week. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so the importance of community, you know, God talks about it all the time. It's like riddled throughout the Bible, the community aspect, you bring women together in podcast situations, going on retreats, like having these speaking engagements. When you do that, like you stay in community so that you can fortify each other. You have the strength, you have the relatability, you have the, you know, the sharing in each other's pain and grieving. And, and you have the reminders of who you are and those outside looking in about like, I know you think you got it, but like, here's where you're slipping. And like, I know that being in line with like what God wants is more important to you than slipping. So I'm going to call you out on it because I love you. And, and that kind of thing. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. And that's powerful like that. When we slip out of community, we forget we, it gets lazy. It gets a little bit static. It gets a little bit like everything starts to mute. There's like a veil of gray that washes Mm -hmm. over the screen. Like everything feels, but we get used to that too. And so that community piece, this, you creating these spaces for women to speak into it and you being an amazing leader of, of here's what faith looks like walking. Here's what it looks like to say it, to walk it out, to believe it, to stand behind it, to pray in a public bathroom, whether people are feeling uncomfortable about that or not, because this is what's right. Like you're walking it out and you're being an example of what people need to see in this world, especially in 2021, when it feels like hell in a handbasket. Oh my gosh. So this is just, why did it get so much worse? But even it did, it gets so gross. But even in that, like, as you know, I'm experiencing a lot of struggle this year, a lot of different ways in a lot of different ways and things that are painful ways that make you go to sleep, go to sleep, crying for weeks at a time, that kind of painful. And even in it, the pain doesn't go away, but you're still allowed to know that there is something good coming in it, that God is working and he's in the middle of the process, like the manufacturing, when the penny gets stamped, it's like pressure, pressure, pressure. But like it's, and it, you know, what's happening. You know, this penny's right. going to be out on the other side, the olive oil with the olives, the wine with the mm. grapes, the gold with the fire, the pressure with the diamonds, like we need it to get better. And if we can allow ourselves to say, God will allow or not, he's in control of allowing these things or not. So if it's allowing, it's it's because he said so, it's because he wants something good. So it is happening. So be grateful that it is happening. Can you get there? Can you get to the point of right. being grateful that the hard thing is happening because it is for you somehow? Can you trust? Right, right. Ugh. so good. Hard. Oh, it's it's so hard, good. but it's true. Oh, oh it is. It, it's hard and it's it's challenging, but that's that's the sanctification process you know it's this peeling back all these layers to be more christ-like 
Yeah. You know, and, and you talked earlier about that, that image of, of God dying on the cross for us. And it's like, okay, he is love. Like he, there it is. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's right there, right there. <laughs> so, That's what it is. and it's just that constant, like, okay, uh, it's, you know, I learned recently and the podcast that's going to come out after this episode um, is, is talking about kind of changing our want to, you know, I always knew I needed Jesus. Like I logically mm. knew I needed Jesus. Yeah. I need him. But the thing is, is once you have gone through salvation, like that need is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. How much do you want Jesus? So good. Oh no. my gosh. So good. So oh, good. good. I got the Holy Spirit goosebumps again. <laughs> okay. But Julie, Julie, Julie. Okay. So what's, what's amazing about the tie into that and this episode that we're doing is that you never feel like you really want him as bad as you do when things are hard. You forget, right. you forget. Yes. And the yes. closeness that you can get when things are hard with Jesus is a relationship that like is more sacred than anything, anything else. And um, that, that do, those despair moments in the corner of your couch, journaling or reading or begging God to like do something or feel something or say something and, or like, please let me hear you. Let me see. Like, I feel alone and, and, and he breaks through in that. And you're like, you're the only one, you were the only right. one that was there and, and he never leaves. And, um, th- those moments of, of closeness in deep, dark despair times, I really, really miss the closeness of Jesus that I had during those times. I can miss that. Yes. It's so true. It's, it's like childbirth. You yes. Forget. You forget. forget. <laughs> We're so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> to be oh, human is to forget. Right. Right. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Um, one other thing I want to talk about from your book, which um, as I was reading it, I was correlating to um, spiritual gifts and it was in chapter seven. And you're talking about all these different leadership styles that, that women mm-hmm. can lean into, embrace, and how, um, oh, let me pull up the quote because it was so good. I don't, I don't want to misrepresent it. I can't wait to, I, I think I might know where you're going with this, but you would, you would pull this together. And I'm so happy <laughs> you're going to, I know it. <laughs> um, but she says, you don't exist with only a few traits. And it's so powerful because in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 5, it says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And it just, as I was reading that chapter on all these different leadership gifts and how there are some that you just innately possess more of, you know, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like spiritual gifts. There's some that you just, that God has just bestowed on you. Like this is, this is part of your calling. You're going to work this out. However, we can still declare more for our life. We can still be like, but I want to develop this skill. I want to lean more. I want to learn from other people. I want to grow and evolve in this area. And I just talk a little bit about that chapter and what inspired that. And so good. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So what, what's amazing about that is that, you know, that section is in, you know, the power method being three parts, power, leadership, and work-life integration. That's the leadership section. And and within the leaders, like you look at those, those leadership qualities and their feminine traits. And these are the traits that have been well-studied psychologically all across the world to be universally understood and agreed upon that these are the traits that the most powerful leaders have. Not to say that all women are the ones that should be, but these are the feminine traits that men can inhabit too. But right. these are the traits. And if you look at that list, 
Aren't those a lot like the Holy Spirit gifts? Um, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, that's weird. So, so that correlation being there and, and, you know, when I'm talking about leadership in, in the book too, I mentioned that like the word leadership, usually you, you imagine a man in a position, like you can imagine a male figure, like just kind of like sidestepping next to that name or that title. And, uh, and, but I'm not in a talking suit. about in a, in a, a stuffy suit. suit and it's probably not even tailored. And then the, <laughs> and it grows. And then the, but the leadership piece really being about like, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, a retired woman, a corporate executive, an entrepreneur, like a part-time something like, or you're injured and you're wheelchair bound, it doesn't matter because you still have a community around you, which means you still have the ability to lead because God gave you spiritual gifts that look a hell of a lot like the leadership qualities that the mm-hmm. are worldwide accepted qualities and traits listed out here. So the, the women, I'm seeing women, I'm seeing women like you, like, you know, as I'm writing the book, I'm thinking of Julie, I'm thinking of Alana, I'm thinking all the all these women that I'm thinking of that have been in my life, spoken life into me in the last two years, and um, or three even in, in this like this scourging process of like, who is she? What is she becoming? What am I doing with like, where's my gift? Where's my vocation? And you guys are all in that in that movement with me in my head thinking about that. And, and I'm thinking, they're all different women. They're women that have doing have been done doing different things all over the place, but look at them leading, look at them leading at their, in their home, look at them leading their spouse to spirituality, look at them leading their church, look at them leading their employees, look at them leading and they're finding ways to lead. And the best ones are the ones that are so authentic. And like, mm-hmm. it's in that process of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm figuring out what do I want to do with my life? Like, what is the vocation for me? Like figuring that out, deciding who you are, you kind of have to stand in an identity and you kind of have to peel back the layers of like, what have I been doing? That's not actually really me. And like, what's more me and looking at those traits and those qualities and being like, I finally feel like myself. I finally feel like I don't have to like be a little bit something or something else in order to be okay or to fit in or to be accepted. And, and so it's watching other women like Julie stepping into her purpose unapologetically, watching her do it a different way, but like totally her and definitely a leader and, and sharing with women that like, when you turn the volume down on who you are, you hurt yourself, but you hurt everybody around you. You have to lead by being yourself. That's the thing that gives people permission to be themselves fully, which is what God is calling us to do. And so, you know, I I talk about God in the book, but I, I sprinkle it in gently because I know I'm talking to people that might not know him as well as we do. And there are women that know him more than we do, but like, but I want to make sure that I'm introducing him in a way to other women where they can still hear it. And still take on that vocation of who God made them to be without saying, I'm not going to listen to this. And, but, but the people, I think that the Christian women that are going to read this are going to see that and go, oh, it's the the scripture. Yeah, it's based in scripture, you know? And so my intention was to lead them through these elements of like, this is God is, this is what God is saying. God Mm -hmm. is saying all these things. I'm going to phrase it this way, but like, please hear my heart and hear his heart that like you were made to do this stuff. And he gave you this power to become what he needed you to be in this world for heavenly work. So like right. honor it, love it. Cause guess what? That's where the joy is. It's in That's you. Right. That's right. And, and being who he has called you to be and really stepping into that. It's so true. Um, John Maxwell, you know, he says he's like leadership guru, right? Has mm-hmm. all the leadership books and, and all that, but he is a, he started out as a pastor and, um, but he was known all of his leadership books were successful in businesses. And so but I was at one of his conferences one time and he said, you cannot find one 
single leadership principle that does not come from scripture. Not Amen. one. Amen. Not one. He said, I have been challenged and not one have I not been able to go back to scripture and back it up with. That him. makes and it's me so, so powerful. But that's why they're principles. Principles yes. don't change. They don't change. They don't and because humans are still humans. So right. it's going to work. And the, it, yep. you, can, you can look back on that through all of the leaders in history and pull the same information. And I love that he, I love that he keeps standing in that then. That's amazing yeah, that he's been challenged. So he's good. like, oh, here we go again, still. Right, still here it is, right here. That's <laughs> so good. Okay, so we're gonna do um, rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Never ready, let's go. <laughs> she, was, she was dancing her shoulders. Y'all can't see it, but I can. And I started doing it too. <laughs> so everybody so just bobbed their shoulders up and down in excitement. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready. Okay, you ready? All right. What's your favorite color? Blue. What is your favorite food? Oh, I just, it's depending on mood. Right now I have a whatchamacallit in my hand. What? What? I don't even know what that is. Like I've heard <gasps> the, the most, the most underrated chocolate bar on the planet. Whatchamacallit? What's in a whatchamacallit? Who knows? Garbage. It's from Hershey's. Yeah. I was about to say, maybe don't read it. <laughs> Crispy rice, chocolate, caramel. You'll be okay. Got it. It's delicious, I'm sure. It's it's delicious. It's got caramel and chocolate and crispy rice. Um, okay, what is a place to visit on your bucket list? Bali. Bali. Mm, why Bali? Um, uh, peace and breathing. I, I just feel like I would be doing a lot of breathing, um, anchoring, feeling, praying, like just just an, uh, kind of being in a bubble and allowing myself to not be distracted by anything in the world, but look at beauty, see God's beauty yeah. in a different way. Cause it looks so different than where I live. And, mm -hmm. um, and so Bali is like, I think, I think I said that so fast because my soul would really, really, uh, do well with that right now. But if, <laughs> if you asked me at any other time in my life, it would always be like UK, <laughs> Europe, like always. Right. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Bali, that was your fastest answer so far. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're like, I'm there right now. <laughs> I smell the ocean right now. It's entering the nostrils. <laughs> it's so true. Okay. Last one. What is your favorite strength that you have? Mm, I think it is. I think it is the gratitude. Um, and I, when I say gratitude, I, I kind of like mesh it with um, the ability to find um, something good in whatever, like I, you, you, you can't put me in a situation where I'm not going to figure out a way to grab the good out of it. And, um, and I didn't know that that was a strength that I loved about myself until uh, the last six years when I was in deep need of, uh, prayer and connection to God and other women speaking that into me. And it was, that was the circle where I found my faith-based women and the women that don't judge, they don't talk about each other. They don't bring up a name in the room. If it's not blessed, they don't like, you know, they, they, these are the women that like, these are the Proverbs women and yeah. the, and the, uh, and when they're saying, yeah, but look at what you're doing. Look at what you're saying. Look at how you're still like, I could never do that. I could never, like when I'm sad, I am sad. I am in the pit. I like, I love being in the pit. Like you don't do that. You still bring it out. You still help other people. You still, and so I'm thinking, okay, then if that's, and I'm looking at it over the years and I'm thinking, okay, I, yeah, I guess I do. I do do that. And, um, and if I can do that, I can, I can show other people how they can still be joyful despite their circumstances, another biblical teaching, mm -hmm. then, um, then they will be able to be a little bit more themselves despite their pain, which will bless other people because that's what God wants. You know, so it's, if that's a trickle down effect, that's helpful, you know, um, and I can stay grateful in things, then I feel like I'm a little bit more uh, like 
I'm a little bit tighter with God because he's like, yeah, please see what I'm doing for you. Cause there's always right. like, you know what, you know, I'm like doing a lot here. So like, just please pay attention to the stuff I'm doing and stop focusing on like <laughs> stuff that I'm allowing to make right. you even better. You spoiled right. brat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about, I was talking about with a friend the other day. I was like, I feel like Jesus had some sass to him. <laughs> you know, I really I do. Really do. I do too. I really yeah, do. Like with, yeah with humor like think about it. where'd we get it yeah. we got it from god like right. he's got to be hysterical right. we're made in his image he, he is he's gonna he's gonna be a blast I'm can't wait <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that like we were talking about earlier is why he tells parables he's like okay but if you're not really listening you're not getting it <laughs> you that, and that's the thing too like think about that if jesus is the one that's telling stories in order for us to understand shouldn't we maybe tell stories for other people to understand like it's a teaching model and and i I remember, um, and truly, like, still as an adult, I'm still like some of the parables. I'm like, I know he means something. Like, what is it? Like, what? what is somebody? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and like you said, those things will hit different depending on the season of your life that you read them. Like God's words alive like that, so it's amazing. But um, but yeah, like I just feel he's definitely Saturday Night Live material for sure. Oh, 100 percent. I would watch it. It'd be so good. <laughs> All right, what is one um, piece of advice, wisdom? Uh, blessing that you want to speak over our friends that are listening today? Oh, I would say, uh, you know, just because I'm coming off the the whole writing of the power method, I would say that, um, that you know, the, the, the things that people have said about you throughout your life, the mistakes that you've made that have caused them to say other things, the opinions that they have of you that are typically born from their own negative experiences and not about you, the things that you say about yourself because of what they say, the element of how hard you are on yourself because of how you feel judged, like none of that is true and none of that is valid and none of that deserves a moment of your time. But, but what God thinks about you, the power that God gave you, the spiritual gifts that he gave you, the Holy Spirit power inside of you that Jesus himself said is going to be more powerful than the strengths and gifts that he has, like that is the only thing that you need to care about when you think about who you are, because that is what's true. And nobody else's opinion, if you believe that God is true and real and that Jesus like did what he did, then if you believe in that and you could imagine yourself standing next to Jesus and you would, would you argue with him that maybe you're not as good as how he made you? No, maybe you he didn't make you just right. <laughs> like think about that and then stand right. in it and own in it and own it. Yeah, like he made you perfect. So be all of that with the weaknesses, with the flaws, be vulnerable. Don't focus on them. They're there. Who cares? We all have them, but own what he gave you because he wants you to, he wants you to use it, own it, love it so that you can step more into it and bless the world with it. So be powerful. Do not be humble in what God gave you. Be grateful, use it, help other people with it and stop telling yourself a story. That's not true. Love it. Mm. I'm, I'm dropping the mic again. So good. And now she's shoulder dancing again. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And um, I am going to go ahead and put it out here now because if everything goes according to plan, Miss Sandra will be joining me on stage in March at our live event. So y'all get to really, really get to see her and her shoulder dance for you. You know I will. I'll do it sideways. It right you know where that comes from? You know what? That's bridesmaids. Maya Rudolph, which is yes, the yes. Okay. Yes. Totally. Yes. Listening to Hold On, because it's yes. Anna Wilson Soap's best songs ever. Obviously. <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> okay, Sandra, thank you so much. And everybody, I just want to um, encourage you to go check Sandra out. I will drop all of her links link to her amazing book that is out, um, The Power Method, that will be in the show notes and as, long, as well as her uh, social media channels uh, for connection because, again, she is – it's it's just it's an amazing place to be is in sandra's space <laughs> father father dan sandra <laughs> love you. Oh, i love, love you so much. i love you so much and remember <laughs> that the best version of you begins on your next level of faith bye for now <laughs>